Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast episode number 105. As dedicated dancers, we all share a common goal to level up our dancing over time. This goal inspires us to take weekly classes, invest in private lessons, and attend workshops and festivals. And to make sure we don't forget what we learn and we can go back and practice, we record tons and tons of videos. How many videos do you have saved on your phone right now? How often have you reviewed them and extracted the golden nuggets that you learned from those classes? How often do you record yourself during a solo practice session or with a partner? If these questions are making you feel seen right now, I have the solution for you to organize your dance journey. The Dancer's Training Journal 1.0, a Notion template to help you organize your dance videos and more. Notion is a cool and easy to use productivity app, and I've created a template for you that does the heavy lifting for you to have a system in place to organize all of your videos from your practices, private lessons, festivals, and more. To learn more about how to untap your dance potential with focus, accountability, and consistency with this dope resource, go to neokizomba.com slash templates. Again, neokizomba.com slash templates. Welcome to the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast, the podcast dedicated to inspiring dancers worldwide whose hearts have been touched by music and dance. The universal language of dance and music is spoken by many of us throughout the world. We want to motivate the dancer in you by sharing stories, insights, and ideas to enhance your journey. Join us now with your host, Charles Ogar. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast. In this episode, it's just going to be me and you today. And if you've ever wondered how the art forms under the Kizomba umbrella evolved over time and how we should have more of a sense of unity versus division between urban kids and Kizomba, you should definitely listen to this podcast to hear the perspective that I will share that will be one of unity to unite us more under the Kizomba umbrella. So if that sounds interesting to you, this is the podcast for you. So let's go ahead and jump in. So if you've been a part of the Kizomba scene over the past couple of years, depending if you started like maybe 2013, 2014, there's definitely been a lot of debate between the authenticness of urban kids and what's real kids, what's not kids, fusion, all these kind of things. And it can be really confusing to understand what's going on, especially when you start throwing in terms like cultural appropriation versus appreciation. And how do we start to distinguish those between everything that's going on while also celebrating the uniqueness that everybody is going to be bringing into the dance coming from different parts of the globe, whether it be in North America, in Europe, in South America, in Asia, like we're all going to bring our different flavors to the dance innately just as different human beings that were born in different parts of the globe. Yeah. So we're going to discuss that topic today and get a little bit nerdy into all of those different things. And let's go ahead and start off with 
defining what I mean by art forms, because essentially for any partner dance that needs to happen, you need to have music and you need to have dance. And both of these are art forms. So that's what I'm referring to, the art forms of music and dance. Another thing we need to distinguish here is when we are communicating whether something is a music or a dance, there is some extra thought that needs to be given when you're communicating that. So let's just say I take the phrase, I am dancing salsa, period. If you just read or, or heard that statement, you're going to assume that, okay, he's dancing salsa to salsa music. But in this case, salsa meant the dance art form and also meant the music art form. Yeah. And so let's say I'm dancing hip hop again. You would assume that I'm dancing hip hop to hip hop music. Yeah. But I can also say a sentence such as I am dancing hip hop to salsa music, or I could say I'm dancing salsa to hip hop music. Now, in both of those sentences that I just gave, I gave a clear distinction between what was the dance and what was the music. And there's a whole nother conversation of what can be considered a variation of fusion. That's going to be for a whole nother video or podcast. And by the way, I do want to let you know, like this topic that I am discussing is a video that I posted on YouTube. I'll put those links in the show notes if you're more interested in watching the video. Uh, but if you want to listen to the podcast here, then we'll definitely continue our conversation. So fusion is going to be a whole nother conversation. And Another thing that I've noticed over the years in, in different partner dances is that we will use terms like traditional, folkloric, classic, authentic, old school, throwback to describe older sounds. But none of these none of these words have a specific definition defining when does something become traditional? When does something become authentic? When does something become classic? It's really based on, it seems, hearsay and perspective. But there's real no like definition or science behind like when a particular art form becomes something older this to be classified as something different. Yeah. So I wanted to specify those things because when we get under the Kizomba umbrella, it is going to be important for me to distinguish between when I say I am dancing Kizomba or I am dancing Simba, one would assume I am dancing Kizomba to Kizomba music or I am dancing Simba to Simba music. But that is not always the case. I could be dancing Simba to salsa music. I could be dancing Kizomba to R&B. And now when we start to make those distinctions between the music and dance, it provides a better context over what's happening and what two art forms are getting blended together. So now that we've defined art forms, let's go ahead and go and talk about the main art forms under the Kizomba umbrella. So imagine an umbrella, if you will. And on the left side of the umbrella, we will talk about the music. And on the right side of the umbrella, we'll talk about the dances. So under the music, we have obviously Semba, Kizomba, Tarashinya, Tarasho, Gerozuk, Urban Kids, and Kids English remixes as far as art forms of music. Under the dances, we have Semba, Kizomba, Tarashinya, Tarasho, Kizomba Fusion, and Urban Kids. So we will go through all of those, but I just wanted to make a distinguished uh, list between the music and dances as far as art forms under the Kizomba umbrella. So now that we have went over and we've listed the different art forms of music 
and dance under the Kizomo umbrella, I do want to go ahead and give a disclaimer here that I'm going to be giving my perspective and the pieces of the puzzle that I have stumbled across or discovered over the years. By no means am I a historian or an archaeologist or an ethnomusicologist or anything of that nature. So everything that I'm sharing today is being shared from the basis of what I know today, and I'm still learning. And if there is any misinformation or something that needs to be tweaked or anything like that, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram or shoot me an email and I will update that information in future content. But I didn't want to let the fear of making a mistake or saying something that's not 100% true uh, stop me from putting out my thoughts on this particular subject. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's go ahead and now travel chronologically down the Kizomba umbrella of these different art forms. And I'll be giving you some perspectives on each one um, as I bring them up and talk about their, their linked characteristics. So here we go. So obviously, if you've been seeing Kizomba, you know that it's always referred to as Angola being the motherland and usually the first uh, art form that you hear of, which is going to be the dance and music, is going to be Semba. And Semba is a traditional dance of Angola and definitely super popular, definitely has a very iconic style. And if we all, uh, if you are aware, Angola was a Portuguese colony for 400 years. They won their independence in 1975. And the official language is Portuguese in Angola, as well as several other countries in Africa known as the Polyp countries. And Polyp stands for Países Africanos con la Lengua Oficial Portuguesa, which basically means Portuguese speaking African countries. And if you're super nerdy, nerdy, you can call that a Lusophone country. And Lusophone will be the same thing as like an English speaking area will be known as Anglophone. French speaking would be Francophone. Uh, Spanish speaking would be Hispanophone, and so on and so forth. So, just a little tidbit of information there. So, Angola, home of Simba as a music and as a dance. Yeah. If we go back and look at the predecessors of Simba, there is a dance called Masemba and also a dance called Rebita. Masemba means a touch of the bellies. And this is something that you can see in the Rebita dance. I'll be linking some of these videos in the show notes so you guys can check out what a video of Rebita looks like. But there's definitely like walking arm in arm and they come together and there's a little little touch of the bellies that happens between the partners. Yeah. In some articles that I've read online, even Rebita has some European influence in it. And that makes sense if Portuguese was a uh, the colonizing nation uh, of Angola for 400 years. Obviously, some of the influence that's going to happen is not just going to be in the language, but also in music and in dance. And if you've been around Kizomba long enough, you've heard the equation that Simba plus Caribbean Zouk equals Kizomba, but we're going to talk about Caribbean Zouk here in just a minute. I do want to iterate here just before we get to that equation that maybe, maybe an equation that predates this equation of Kizomba could be that European influence plus Rebita gave forth to what we know as Simba, because 
if you watched the video, you have seen that I have a theory that a lot of the countries where there are the most popular partner dancers in the world, a lot of them have a lot of indigenous, African, and European influence that happened there. And this also happened in Angola. It was a melting pot of a lot of different cultures that happened in that particular geographic location of Africa. And so we have European influence plus Rebita, which might have gave forth to the partner dance of Simba. From there, we have to introduce Caribbean Zouk. And one perspective of Caribbean Zouk that I didn't think about before that is kind of new to me is that Caribbean Zouk can be considered an intercontinental African diasporic art form, meaning that Caribbean Zouk was created by black people, but obviously all black people come from Africa. So Africans were taking from Africa to the Caribbean. They created a new art form. That art form ends up going back to the motherland, Africa, to Angola, and it influences and inspires a new blending of the music and dance there, the art forms that they have there in Angola, which gave birth to another art form. So Simba, a traditional dance of Angola, plus an African diasporic art form of Caribbean Zouk. Plus, I also want to add that Fidel Castro was very influential in the independence uh, time period of Angola. And he brought many, many troops, I believe over 100,000 troops to Angola to aid them with their independence. And they did not just bring their guns. They brought their music. They brought their dance. They brought their food. And that's typically what you think about when you hear about culture. There's the, the language, the way that you speak, what you eat, and then also your art forms of, of music and dance. So there is evidence of this, I feel, of the Cuban influence in Angola. When we take a look at some of the Simba songs that have salsa in them, I will link some of those songs in the show notes so you guys can check that out. But again, going back to that equation, Simba plus the African diasporic art form of Caribbean Zouk plus another African diasporic art form of salsa, rumba, and son, because we know that salsa has African roots in it as well, equals kizomba. So I feel like kizomba is kind of special in this regard, and it could be one of the original intercontinental African diasporic art form collaborations that happened because we had art forms that were created outside of Africa that came to Africa and influenced the creation of a new art form, which gave birth to what we now know as Kizomba. Again, this is a theory, but I think it's pretty cool. There's definitely some, some trails in the information that I'm sharing right now. Yeah. Moving along, that covers the art forms of Simba as a music and dance. That phrase that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I am dancing Simba to Simba music. What happened here is I am dancing Simba to Caribbean Zouk music. I am dancing Simba to salsa or rumba music. And I feel like when we start doing these things, it morphs and it changes the art form into something new. And so, again, just to iterate the distinction of really communicating what's the dance and what's the music, because a lot of times, sometimes they have the same name. And in that case, you have to be very precise in referring to which art form are you referring to as a music or as a dance. 
So moving along the chronological timeline, moving outside of the continent of Africa, the next art form on the list that we have is Ghetto Zouk. And Ghetto Zouk is interesting because it was birthed or born in Rotterdam, which is in Amsterdam, which is in Europe. And the godfather of Ghetto Zouk, some consider, is Johnny Ramos. I've done a podcast with him um, a few years ago. I'll link that in the show notes so you guys can check that out as well. But in this particular uh, situation with Ghetto Zouk, there was an equation of Kizomba plus RNB equals Ghetto Zouk. And it's really easy to just roll that off the tongue. But again, if you take a moment and just look at those pieces of the equation, you have to start with Kizomba. Yeah. So Kizomba, there is people of the African diaspora. So those people spread. Obviously, there's a huge power community in Europe, in Amsterdam, in Rotterdam. Yeah. And Johnny Ramos is of Cape Verdean descent. And Cape Verde is one of the Palo countries that we mentioned before. So there is a connection through his descent of through Cape Verde that gives him access to the Kizomba culture. From there, being in Europe and being exposed to world music, he hears about or he hears R&B or hip hop. Yeah. And it inspires him to mix those two art forms. So if we take a look at R&B. R&B is also another African diasporic art form. Yeah. Black people were taken from Africa to the U.S. Here in the U.S., they created a new art form, R&B in this particular situation. That art form music travels intercontinentally across the Atlantic back to Europe and reaches the ears of people of polyp descent, which creates a new art form. As far as the music, Ghetto Zook is a music, not a dance. And we have a new art form here of Ghetto Zook that's now a, an official genre that we have in the Kizomba umbrella. So again, we have another example of what I feel as an intercontinental African diasporic art form collaboration in the terms of music, being that Kizomba the music plus R&B the music equals a new musical genre of ghetto zoo. And I think this is really fascinating because I feel ghetto zook is definitely what paved the way to the creation of urban kids as they started to introduce more of a hip hop and R&B flavor to the kids flavor of everything. And I just want to say here before we continue that all of the contributors here are are African, are black people, yeah? Black people in Angola, black people in the Caribbean, black people in Cuba and their art forms, black people that were taken from Africa to the diaspora in Rotterdam, black people that were taken from Africa to the US and they're creating art forms in these different places. And these art forms are consciously or unconsciously collaborating with one another and creating new art forms that continue to spread more and more. I see this and I feel very unified in that regard because it's pretty awesome that these art forms seem to be collaborating with one another 
without it being necessarily the intention from the art form at, at, at large. Yeah. And we, before we move on from the art form of the music of Ghetto Zook, I do also want to share another resource, which was a podcast I did with Kaisha a few years back. That one was also really insightful as he's been a main contributor to the global kids scene as far as music over the past 20 years, I would say. And it was really insightful to hear his perspective on how cultures adapt and express themselves to similar music styles. So if you guys are interested in listening to that podcast, I will definitely link that podcast in the show notes below. All right. So just to check in here to see the the path that we've taken so far together on this podcast, we started off and we defined art forms. Yeah. And we talked about making the distinction distinction of music and dance, even though at times they may have the same name. Example being I am dancing salsa to salsa music. I am dancing hip hop to hip hop music, et cetera, et cetera. Now applying that logic to the Kizomba umbrella at the beginning, it was very straightforward. I am dancing Semba to Semba music. I am dancing Kizomba to Kizomba music, but we know that Kizomba is kind of a melting pot. So it was more so I'm dancing Semba to Caribbean Zouk music. I am dancing Semba to Son music and things started to change and that created a new art form, a new way to dance to that musical style. Yeah. From here with Ghetto Zouk, now it's I am dancing Kizomba to Ghetto Zouk music. And when this happens, a new style emerges. And this particular style, I feel, is is not super prevalent, but it's definitely noticeable. And I would say the style is called Kizomba Fusion. Again, there's no Kiz Council, Global Kiz Council to really name these things and really define what's what. But I feel like the Kizomba Fusion style, especially when we take a look at dancers like Felicien and Isabel and Shamalo and Mirti, there's definitely a style that is very uh, reminiscent of the Kiss style with a different flavor as they are dancing to different types of music. Yeah. So again, you have to distinguish what are you dancing and what are you dancing to as far as the music. So in this regard, dancing Kizomba to Gerozuk music, I feel gave forth to a new style of Kizomba fusion. Yeah. And so obviously with Ghetto Zook, they were inspired by R&B. R&B was sung in English. From, from this point, I feel like most of the kids' songs were either f- sung in Portuguese, they were sung in Creole, and with the Caribbean Zook influence, there's definitely some French influence there as well. And now throwing in R&B, you're throwing in a new language, which is English, which is coming from the African-Americans that created the art form of R&B music. Yeah. So from here, I feel like over time, with more and more influence that was happening from the English side with R&B and hip hop. So I believe that the R&B music mixing with the Kizoma music through the means of Ghetto Zook kind of opened up the door for R&B and hip hop to become more and more influential in the Kizomba umbrella. And evidence of this influence is made by more and more English songs getting remixed to Kiz, more and more songs getting remixed to Kizomba. 
And one thing that I find really interesting as well is so many throwback R&B songs are getting remixed to Kizomba. And what do I mean by that? So there are songs like Me and Myself by, and I by Beyonce, uh, Say What, and Big Papa by B.I.G. Many songs that have been songs that are like 15, 20 years old when they first came out as far as the original versions that DJs are picking and choosing and remixing and putting out like within the last two years. And I find that very intriguing. It's like we're paying homage to the previous uh, songs that were there. And I feel like this undertone bleeds into the music choices for Urban Kids and for Ghetto Zook and the English remixes. And I feel like the culture, even in the way that we dressed in Urban Kids, is also very hip hoppy as well. And so from this lens, and again, I have to bring up that phrase of intercontinental African diasporic art form collaboration. And I know that that's a mouthful, but you, when you take a look at it and see the common threads through all of these different art forms and how they are influencing one another across the Atlantic Ocean in different continents, I find it very fascinating. And that's why I even wanted to create this piece of content to begin with, because I've never heard anybody share it in that regard. So the fact that all of the creators of these art forms are primarily Black people, yeah? From Kizomba to Rabita to Caribbean Zook to Kizomba to Ghetto Zook in Rotterdam with Johnny Ramos to R&B to the Urban Kids creators of Enna and, and Curtis and the French style kids, like where there's also a huge polyp population. I see a lot of intercontinental inspiration and influence under the Kizom umbrella from black people. And I feel like that is a sign of unity. That is a, a link of, of unity. And it baffles me why so for so many years there's been so much beef between Kizomba and Semba and urban kids when we all literally come from the same place. I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm not saying there's things that need that don't need to be changed and things of that nature as far as Black Lives Matter, systemic racism, cultural appropriation, uh, the Atlantic slave trade, all of those are super valid and necessary discussions to be had and shown light on and make sure that those stories and how these things, how these art forms came to light, though the, the how should not be swept under the rug because the engine for all of this was colonialism, the, the Atlantic slave trade, yeah. However, as a black person and, and becoming more and more aware of the, the struggle over generations and generations of suffering that black people have been through that continues to this day, I feel like it's important to not let your heart be consumed by hatred and anger. And even though it came from such painful and horrific means through colonialism, I do feel like there is at least a, a, a little speck of light that deserves to be mentioned that partner dancing is uniting us through all kinds of different cultures and languages and backgrounds across all kinds of continents around the world. Kizomba is a worldwide dance now. Still small, but it exists in Asia, Australia, in Europe, in Africa, in the United States, in Canada, in Mexico, and also now in South America. 
this is something that I feel like is awesome. Like the grit, the dance is definitely continuing to grow. And yes, again, like I said, the conversations of the colonialism and the understanding what a cultural appropriation is versus appreciation, super valid, necessary discussions. But I don't feel like that should create a rift from within us uh, artists and DJs and, and dancers within the Kizoma umbrella. I feel like we should have a more unified approach with respect and also paying homage to all of the African diasporic art forms and not just the ones that originated geographically in Africa. Because through the diaspora, a lot of us were moved around, not by choice. So that is my podcast. That is the information that I wanted to share with you guys today. And like I said before, I'm speaking from my current state of understanding as of today. I'm always learning, looking for new information, anything of that nature. So if you have information that you want to share, if you want to be a guest on the podcast or anything of that nature, articles, documentaries, anything of that nature, feel free to send them my way. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to the episode. I hope you enjoyed just having me on the episode today. And yeah. Uh, give me a shout out in your Instagram stories. Uh, share the podcast. It really helps the, the listeners continue to grow as we are getting to grow more and more each month. So thanks so much. I hope you guys have a wonderful week and I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for checking out the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast today. Be sure to check out neokizomba.com for links to everything that we chatted about today, as well as some awesome free resources to enhance your Kizomba journey. <laughs>